think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. How was your Christmas? I hope it's been merry and bright. <laughs> you had a good haul, all kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This side of Christmas, sometimes we're just full of the, 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 the good stuff that we had, but sometimes we feel let down. So sometimes the day after Christmas kind of begins that long slide into the winter glooms. And uh, as I was... I, my message that I have for you this morning hopefully is simple and short, not, uh, not like merry and bright, but simple and short. And um, <clears throat> it was uh, inspired by a, a post that I saw on Facebook. Can any good thing come from Facebook? <laughs> and, uh, but, but I want to share, I just want to share probably one main idea this morning and I'm going to rely on Linus, Linus Van Pelt, Lucy's little brother, the, the uh, uh, quiet, wise young one in the Peanuts gang who wanders around carrying his security blanket everywhere he goes, you know? Now, what does Christmas do to you inside? Um, I find that Christmas is just a very emotional time of year for, for most people. And the emotions can range. Um, you know, we, 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 might, we might find ourselves focused on someone that we've lost and we miss having them during Christmas. Or we might focus on old conflicts with family and getting together uh, for the holidays becomes uh, sort of a, a challenge. Um, and uh, you know, it's full of conflict and can't wait to get out of here and go home and, and, and all of that. You know? So, you know, but is it a time for you of comfort and joy? Is it, is it exciting or is it conflict and dread and emptiness or depression? sent me a Christmas card today. I almost wish there weren't a holiday season. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to have a holiday season to emphasize it? <laughs> what do you expect? What do you expect? I, I remember uh, years ago, before anybody thought of email, a friend of mine said, everyone is an optimist walking to the mailbox. <laughs> you know, because you, you, that walk down the driveway or uh, to the front door or down to the lobby or wherever your mailbox is, is a time of expectation. Oh, let's see what I got today. And long before we had the word spam, we had the word junk mail, you know. And uh, I, I saw a sticker one time somebody put on their mailbox. It says, attention postman, no one named resident lives here. <clears throat> You have to be old enough to understand that one. <laughs> but we used, to get, we used to get mail addressed to resident and then the street address. Um, and the buying and selling, that still goes on. The buying and selling of, 
of, uh, of addresses. Um, and by cheaters, by the way, who sell those addresses, um, uh, my wife gets about um, eight to 10 pieces of mail a week. Uh, she's been gone for three and a half years. Um, and, uh, you know, so somebody really got cheated when they bought that mailing list. So <clears throat> how many more, you know, are, are inappropriate? But, but it, sometimes it comes down to that. What, what do you expect? Now, this classic tale from Charles Schultz, I think, uh, I think the Peanuts gang made their debut in the newspapers just about the year I was born. And I was about 10 when, when this uh, uh, Merry Christmas Charlie Brown was, uh, was first brought to life, you know, and we, we had been looking at it in the funny papers for years and then paperback collections for a little additional revenue. And then uh, suddenly they were moving and talking and, and uh, we found out that Woodstock really couldn't talk. And we found out that Charlie Brown's teacher sounded like wah, 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 wah. And we learned all sorts of interesting things once we saw them. But, I, but they matched these children's voices with the animation. And it was just, it, it was just, it was perfect to me. Usually I'm kind of like, when they animate something, I go, that's not what that character should sound like. But I thought the voices for Charlie Brown were perfect. Of course, all those kids uh, are like grandparents now, <laughs> who were the voices uh, of the of of this particular particular show because they were about my age, uh, you know. And uh, so we got Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, the poor sad sack of of Peanuts world. Uh, Charles Schultz uh, confessed that much of his experience was a reflection on his own childhood, and uh, you know. Um, Schultz was, uh, was a faithful Christian during his life. And he actually released a book called The Gospel According to Peanuts. Um, it came out in the, in the 60s, if I recall. And, uh, and it went through years of, of the comic strip and showing scriptural lessons from the, the, the message of each of the comic strips. And, and uh, with his whimsical smile, he told the good news of Jesus uh, through the through the uh, vo uh, the printed voices of the peanuts characters, and uh, but this 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 film has been a uh, a favorite uh, of my family since it came out, and we've almost you know we had it on we had it on VHS when that was finally released, and uh, I don't know how many copies of the DVD have come and gone by now, um, but. But here's Charlie Brown's dilemma. Christmas is not having the effect. He's disappointed. He's, he's, uh, he's irritated by the greed, the commercialism, and what has happened to Christmas. <clears throat> so he and Linus are going to go for Christmas Charlie Brown. This really brings Christmas close to a person. Fantastic. 
make wooden Christmas trees? <laughs> this little green one here seems to need a home. I don't know, Charlie Brown. Remember what Lucy said? This doesn't seem to fit the modern spirit. I don't care. We'll decorate it, and it'll be just right for our play. Besides, I think it needs me. Now, you've got to do a little time travel here. This came out about the time, about pretty close to the time that my dad bought our first aluminum Christmas tree. Remember aluminum Christmas trees? They look like they look like there'd been an explosion in a tinsel factory. And uh, we dutifully set it up in front of our uh, picture window in the living room and put a color wheel on it, so that the, it would change colors. You know, that was that was our high tech of the day. Uh, and I mean, it looked it looked like a collection of aluminum foil bottle brushes, and uh, all the balls were the same color on it and. Uh, he was so proud of that thing. And we had an aluminum tree. Was he still doing an aluminum tree when you were little? I don't think so. I think, I think my mom finally took over. and <laughs> We went back to green trees. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of the point because it, it was all the rage. There were, there were pink ones. There were blue ones. There were red ones. There were all colors of Christmas trees made out of uh, material, uh, many of them metal. And so, dong, dong, that was a, a, a social commentary right there. But, but notice how Charlie Brown picked out his tree. What did he say? What did he say? I think it needs me. I think it needs me. So he takes his, he takes his prize back. We're back. <laughs> Stupid Charlie Brown. <laughs> what kind of a tree is that? You are supposed to get a good tree. Can't you even tell a good tree from a poor tree? I told you he'd goof it up. He's not the kind you can depend on to do anything right. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats! You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Poor Charlie Brown. Poor Charlie Brown. Is there no one who can tell me what Christmas is all about? You see, his expectations, the expectations of the kids, the pressure of conforming to what was going on in the crowd of the kids, it was all coming to a conflict. And here he was torn by his emotions of what he thought it should be, but what it was, and maybe what it should be, but he didn't, he got to the point where he just didn't even know. And of course, probably, probably the most famous scene from this, from this uh, picture, from this, from this little movie. Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. 
Watch closely. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Did you see that? Did you see what happened? Watch this part again. Keep very close eye on life. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. <laughs> Did you see it? He dropped his security blanket. Fear not. Went the wrong way. Fear not. Dropped his security blanket. This is, this is Linus, Linus who has withdrawal every laundry day because his security blanket is in the dryer. Linus who, who, who fashioned earlier in the show when they're getting ready for the drama, he fashioned his blanket into a, a, a Middle Eastern headwear so that he could have his blanket with him during the, during the Christmas play. He dropped his blanket when the angel said, fear not. Fear not. Schultz is sneaky. I've watched this for 55 years, and I've never noticed that until this year when I saw that post on Facebook of all places. Linus dropped his blanket. Now, what do you know about security blankets? When I was a little kid, I had to have a blanket with a, with a satiny edge on it. I had to. It, 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 I, there had to be a blanket. like We called it a feely blanket because <laughs> we could feel it with my fingers. I had to have it. Most of you have either had or have children who have had or siblings who have had some piece of cloth or a, little, or a, a stuffed animal or something that... They were inseparable. It brought security. But there's no security in a security blanket. You hide from monsters under the covers. If it's a real monster, the covers aren't going to stop him. You see? It's, it's all in mind. This is, this is security of our own manufacturing. It's not real. But Linus found that he could drop his security blanket when an angel of the Lord said, Fear not, because I bring you good news of great joy. Fear not, because there's light coming to the darkness. And the most common phrase following the words fear not in all of the Bible, except for about six spots or three spots, 
is followed with, for I am with you. I am is God's name, Emmanuel, God with us. Never before in the history of mankind had the availability of God been in our very hands. Fear not. Fear not. Because Yahweh, Emmanuel, God is with us. And he remains with us as Julie reminded us. He is still with us. I have children. Oh, everything I touch gets ruined. Twenty twenty and twenty twenty one have been all about fear. It was absolutely fear driven. It's all about security, protection, sheltering. Keep me protected some way, somehow. Serving others was all but forgotten. I would I would bet that that charitable organizations around the world have suffered for the last two years in ways that we'll maybe never know. So fear not. What will 2022 look like if we fear not? What did Linus's Fearlessness bring. You certainly noticed another move with his blanket. What did he do with his blanket? His precious security blanket. What did he do with it? He wrapped it around the tree. Because the tree needed it. Because the tree couldn't even bear one decoration. Reminds me of somebody. Oh, yeah, Jesus. The one who will not break a bruised reed or snuff out a smoldering wick. He binds up the brokenhearted. What does that mean? It means exactly what we saw illustrated by Linus. He took his security and he wrapped it around that poor, emaciated tree. And that simple act inspired the rest of the group to decorate that tree and transform it from that scraggly twig into a glorious little tree in which they finally said, well, Charlie Brown brought us a beautiful tree. 
not even realizing their contribution to making the tree beautiful. What would fearlessness look like? I'm closer to fearless than I've ever been. I think that's just kind of part of being old. It's like, you know, it ain't killed me yet. I ain't think it's going to, you know? Yeah, that hurt, but I made it, you know? That could hurt, but I've endured worse, you know? Some of that's just, just toughening up, getting some good calluses where you need them. But some of it also is knowing that God has always seen me through. That Emmanuel, that Yahweh is with me. And he dwells in me. He not only, he, the Lord Jesus not only considered equality with God something not to be clung to and emptied himself and became a human but not just a human, a slave. And, and not just to live as a slave, but to die. And not just any old death, but to suffer the curse of being hanged upon a tree. He was brought to the very depths of reality voluntarily. Those, those thoughts in Philippians 2 follow this statement by Paul. If you want to make joy complete, have within you that same spirit of Jesus Christ who, being equal with God, did not consider equality with God something to be clung to. What will fearlessness look like you know, why did Jesus do that? Why did he suffer that, the Hebrew writer tells us? For the joy that lay ahead of him. He endured the cross for the joy. The Hebrew writer does not tell us to pursue the joy. He says, keep your eyes on Christ Jesus. Who? Because of the joy. You see, it's different. We can't see the joy. We believe we trust in faith that the joy is coming. It's coming. What we have now, at the best, is just a taste. The, the, the best spiritual experience of his presence, which can put us on our back. That's earnest money. That's a little deposit, just, just so we know that God's serious about this inheritance. And the inheritance is being with him forever. So him being with us, that's the taste. That's the sample. That's the power. The very same power that, that not only raised Jesus from the dead, but vaulted him to the right hand of God. That's the power that's in you. That's what's available to you. That means you can be fearless. That means that you can put it out there. That means that you can sacrifice and not worry about yourself. That means you can give your last dime and not go hungry. I promise you, if you give your last dime to feed someone who is hungry, to help a brother in need, you will not go hungry. I say that with absolute confidence. I have had plenty, and I have had next to nothing in my life, and that principle has never failed. 
I haven't always tested it because my faith is so small. But it has never failed. I want to be fearless this, this next year. I want, I want to be the vessel of Emmanuel. How about you? That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. You didn't know I could go this short, did you? Well, I can. Anyone have something you want to respond to that message? Anything, anything stirring up in you? Well, print. What a surprise. This was, this was not a plant, by the way. I just got a verse. Uh, in Isaiah... 28, when the overwhelming scourge passes through, it will not touch us because we have made lies our refuge and we have hidden behind falsehood. Therefore, the Lord God said, look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. Yeah. <laughs> Unshakable. I like that. I like the sound of that. Fear, fear is necessary. You know, I, I want the driver coming towards me at a closing speed of over 100 miles an hour. I want him to be afraid of a head-on collision. I really do. But that's not the kind of fear that he means when he says fear not. He's talking about the paralyzing fear. The cowering fear, the defeatist fear, the faithless fear, the belief that something bad is going to happen and that nothing good is going to happen. Faith is not about acknowledging. Faith is about trusting. Demons acknowledge. The believers trust. And because we trust, we do. Fearlessness is going to bear fruit. Like, I really need to talk to him about Jesus, but I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Maybe he won't like me anymore. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. But it's so, it's so human. I'm afraid I'll mess it up. Are you taking on responsibility that's not yours? Your responsibility is just to tell. All the other stuff, that's God. <laughs> Not only that, but he gives you the power and the courage to tell or to serve, to give you time, to give you money, to give, to give your effort for someone that cannot repay you because Jesus paid already, paid in full. So <clears throat> I, I'm finished. Anybody else got something? You want to say? All right. I think we're just going to end with a time of prayer. And uh, fire up a little bit of music so that we don't have to endure silence. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's give thanks to God.
wouldn't mind. <laughs> Our Father, if we just open our eyes, we see you and hear you speaking in the most unlikely places. Facebook and network TV. <laughs> you are indeed sovereign Lord over everything, even the stuff that looks dark and hopeless. Your truth will break through if we have eyes to see it, if we have ears to hear it. I so, Lord, help sensitize us to your presence within us. Help us to see you in those next to us. Help us to hear your voice. Whether you're speaking through evil people. I mean, if Caiaphas could prophesy, then even Hollywood might say something that's worth listening to. Never knowing the truth that they spoke. Enlighten us with your Holy Spirit. We will see you, we will hear you everywhere. You speak through creation. You speak through the brothers and sisters, the touch of a loved one. You speak to us in the difficulties, in the shadows, in the valley of the shadow of death where we, we don't fear because you are with us. It doesn't mean there's no shadow. It just means we're not alone. And all made possible because you, dear Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be clung to. Help us to empty ourselves as you have emptied yourself and to plumb the depths in a way that brings redemption to those around us. And we'll wait for you to give us a new name a shadow of the new name that you gave to the one who plumbed the depths of Sheol and reached down and gave a name above every name, the name at which every knee will bow, every knee on earth, every knee above the earth, every knee below the earth, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Father, we will not wait until the day we are forced to our knees. We humbly and gratefully cast our knees before you this day. And we declare you are Lord of us because you are Lord of all. Thank you for this pause on the calendar and time with family in remembrance the beauty of, of even commercial Christmas that you can redeem with the truth of your spirit even as you redeem us. So Father, we will leave this assembly but our hearts will remain united. We are the temple. We're not leaving the temple. We're just going to spread it out a little bit because you are with us. Keep that before our eyes and in our ears. And bless us. Bless us as only you can. 
In Jesus' name we pray.